Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway in Portland, Maine. We'd love to have you join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., currently on Zoom and broadcast live on Facebook. Visit our website at hopegateway.com to learn more. Whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. song. And Elizabeth, you're right, it does sound good. It sounds really good to be singing together. My name is Ophelia Hukini. She, her, and hers are my pronouns. I'm the worship coordinator here at Hope Gateway, and I'm really happy to be with you all today online and in person. So in this series, we have asked ourselves again and again, what good is faith? In the face of difficult times, or honestly, in the face of easier times, it can be equally convenient to give up faith like it's some kind of extra appendage or a spare tire you don't need anymore. Because life gets busy, right? Days get long, seasons get short, and oftentimes the things we deem the most important in our lives get pushed aside in exchange for the constant little things, that like torrential to-do list. Is that just me or anybody else? Yeah? Here, here. I feel like for the last several years, we've said something like, during these unprecedented times, or during these tumultuous times, to the point that it's kind of become a joke now. These times are now very precedented. But maybe that's how it goes, right? Maybe all of our times are unprecedented and tumultuous. One reason faith is important to me is that in all of these circumstances, Faith keeps me accountable to my values, and I bet that faith does that for a lot of us, too. I've been thinking a lot about the early church, a small group of people who loved Jesus and committed to his way of life, and who were also thinking, this is an unprecedented and tumultuous time. Our leader and friend has been killed. Any of us could be next. And yet we've been entrusted with a message so profound and so countercultural, and so we have to live like it matters. We have to live lives of accountability. Some of those early Christians came from the church in Galatia, which is kind of in modern-day Turkey, and the Apostle Paul, who was a convert to the way of Jesus, wrote a letter to this church. He was writing to a diverse group of people who were all smooshed under one spiritual banner, These are folks who were under pressure from their wider community to strictly follow Mosaic law, or the laws according to Moses, in order to achieve salvation. And what the letter to the Galatians repeatedly said was that they didn't have to do that. Adherence to a strict uh, spiritual code was not what Jesus had in mind. Rather, Paul believed that faith produced in the faithful a number of signs of life, And while these signs were not prescriptive, they could serve as signposts to people who wanted to follow in Jesus' way. In that letter, in chapter 5, verses 22 through 26, he lists these signposts. He says, 
But the fruit of the Spirit is, and Elizabeth, you already preached this message, so I'm just here because I already wrote this. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against things like this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the self with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit. Let's not become arrogant, make each other angry, or be jealous of each other. Easy stuff, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Or as some translations call it, temperance. So let's talk about fruit a little bit here because I think the non-human world has a lot to teach us about how to be human or how to be God's other creations. So as many of you know, my parents just uprooted from Illinois and one of the many beautiful things that they had to leave behind was this collection of pear trees that they planted years ago. Here's the funny part. It's a beautiful series of trees, but at the time they planted it as a very slow-growing privacy fence. Um, but they did their job. Um, and it's from that tree cultivation that I started to learn a little bit more about fruit trees. Did you know, for example, that some trees require kinship in order to produce pollinated fruit? They can't grow any fruit on their own, which includes, oh, by the way, that includes trees like apples, pears, so really common stuff. You have to plant these trees in a pair or more together. In the case of these trees, um, what produces fruit is cross-pollination. So these trees will survive just fine on their own in the right conditions. They don't need another tree friend for survival. But to bear fruit, they need the presence of one another. It reminds me of Jesus saying to his disciples, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Fruit in its splendor and diversity sometimes requires us to be together. Practically speaking, sometimes the fruits of the Spirit develop in faith community. This particular faith community is full of examples of people living out my own values, you all. Or I should say the values I want to hold dearest on my best days. Hope Gateway helps me to readjust when I'm distracted by the lure of lesser things. Faith is a testing ground for our adherence to our values because we are encouraged in faith community to be vulnerable. And because faith community is an intentional, values-based community, and there aren't too many of those out there. There are other places where vulnerability is okay and where people feel connected to a shared sense of values, and that's awesome. I'm so glad that those places exist. Some people find genuine, meaningful community in a writing group, a support or recovery group, a political action group, a bar or a restaurant, a gym, or sometimes, if we're very lucky, a family. But the church is different partly because it's not about blood or familial bond or shared activity. Honestly, it's not even held together by friendship. Um, it's held together instead by effort, not accidental. It is the balance of God's love and our effort. These are the fruits of the Spirit, Paul says, 
not the fruits of your hard work or the fruit of your bootstraps or your moral adherence. Paul invites us to give up on the notion that we produce these fruits, the outcrops of our values, on our own and with no divine intervention. And the church is also different, most importantly, because it's a community where the people care about the values of Jesus. The church is different from all of these other social arenas of belonging because it is a place where people are learning to follow Jesus. Church is a place where, if we do it right, the uncomfortable find comfort and the comfortable encounter discomfort. We do this for each other. Faith community is not where we hang our medals for having lived successfully by a moral code. It is, or rather it should be, a place where we are offered the opportunity again and again to live out those values that we hold so dear, to produce the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay, here's another fun fact about fruit trees. Trees do produce fruit in optimal conditions, yes, but sometimes, and in fact often, trees produce fruit in times of distress. That includes drought and actual physical injury. Distress is actually such a well-known way to produce fruit that fruit growers are sometimes advised to hit their trees. I'm not advocating for us all to go outside and hit trees, but that facts is facts. I triple-checked this to make sure I wasn't spreading some like insidious anti-tree rumor, <laughs> but it's true. One farmer even advised online to hit the trunk of a tree near its base about 20 times with a two-by-four um, in times of like conditions that are too good. Um, so you don't hit a tree hard enough to break anything, but hard enough to make a tree believe that this might be its last chance to get some fruit out there in the world. <laughs> it's not always prime conditions that cause fruit to grow. Sometimes prime conditions do cause fruit to grow, so don't misunderstand me. Prime conditions are great. But sometimes it's the very times that test us the most that can produce fruit too. And it's precisely because we live in consistently unprecedented, constantly tumultuous times that our choices start to reveal our values. Our decisions are points of self-definition. Who we are is not held in suspension during a pandemic or during an exhausting season of civil upheaval. These might be with us for a really, really long time. Our values are not held in suspension either during the everyday difficulties or delights of our lives. In fact, that's when we see them exercised the most. Our values give us a storyline, like a path through the gravel and sand and boulders of our lives, and faith is a bricklayer. And if we are enamored with the way of Jesus, then faith offers a means of being accountable to the values that Jesus held dear. All of this is ordinary time. And all of this is sacred time. It is in this blessed everyday that faith gives us the opportunity to follow our values wherever they may lead us. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. To hear more about Hope Gateway and to discover how together we can do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, 
visit our website at hopegateway.com.